Father, as we come to you today, we pray and ask that the ministry of the Holy Spirit will go deep inside of us. If there's anything that I'm saying that is personal, that relates to our own story, quicken us and give us the courage to choose in. Lord, you are good and all that you do is good. And we come to you in the wonderful, strong name of Jesus, our Lord. Amen. One of the things that I've been trying to emphasize, and I just did this at a recent seminar, was the fact that God wants to move us from brokenness to feeling the sense of how beloved we are, and also to recognize that there is an incredible, an incredible gifting that he's placed inside of us that we are filled with wonder. But today, I I feel really compelled to talk about something else. In the writings of Robert Mulholland, he talked about the fact that there comes a time where we experience an illumination. And in that illumination, almost an awakening, we begin to realize two things about ourselves. One is that we are better than we realize, that we have this deposit of goodness and grace. And the other is that we are more broken than we often realized. Now, I'm beginning there because I want to say that here's a reality for us, for all of us that are Christians. We are, in part, flawed human beings. And because we're flawed, there are times in which we actually hurt one another. Sometimes we hurt one another because of what we do. Sometimes we hurt one another because of the way we did it. Sometimes it's a mere nick, a paper cut, a small bruise. Other times, what we do to one another goes very, very deep. And it can infect our lives with a sense of needing to defend ourselves, of distance ourselves, and even be discouraged in our relationships with one another. I've done this. I've been on both sides of this equation. I've hurt people that I loved. I hurt them sometimes because of what I did and sometimes because of the way of what I did. And I've been hurt in the same way. And I want to talk to you about that today because I think there are There is raising up in the body of Christ in far too many places offense toward one another. Those of us that are stands shoulder to shoulder are suddenly experiencing great distance. And there's mistrust and even anger. So I want to talk about this for a couple of minutes. I want to talk about What do we do when we, in fact, have been hurt by someone else? And I want to walk through several steps of this that I think are very practical and very important. And one of them is this. It's wonderful that God loves us so much that he allows us to go to him and to grieve our loss. Now, now we've got to be careful here because the evil one would like us to rise up and to take offense. And if somebody hurts us, let's hurt them back. Let's 
in some way ruin their reputation, if we think they've ruined our reputation, it's an easy way to go. But what God wants us to do is to come before him in true honesty and to grieve our loss. But, but this is where I've got to go a step deeper. It's not enough to grieve a loss. We've got to grieve what is the loss within the lost. Why did this particularly hurt you? You know, the great African-American womanist theologian Emily Towns once said that there is no redemptive suffering, there's only redemptive pain. She said suffering was more generalized. Pain tells us exactly where it hurts and how it hurts. And so sometimes when an individual hurts us or an organization hurts us, we feel the grief and that temptation to get very defensive. But we often don't look for the loss within the loss. What did this mean to us? I think this is a very important issue because it helps us to really go to God much more specifically and deal more directly with what's going on. You know, there have been times I was hurt and I was hurt and the loss within the loss was it came at the hands of a good friend or it attacked my reputation or it devalued me or it invited disrespect or it compromised my sense of security. And it wasn't enough that I simply grieved what happened. It's important that I'm able to identify what did it mean and talk to the Lord there, right there, at the place of my loss within the loss. Now, here's something I want to add that has been true for me and other people that I've worked with. Often, when we have a high-level response to the wounding of someone else, it has tapped other unaddressed wounds in our lives. And we often don't know that they've linked up with this. And so we make the issue all about this present circumstance when in fact it's a flag trying to get us to pay attention to an older issue. I know that happened with me, with someone who had said some things that weren't true and it began to feel like I was being disrespected. But as I began to look within loss within the loss, I realized this tapped all the way back to some of the way my own father treated me. And I was putting all of that weight on this present circumstance. What God really wanted me to do was to let him meet me down there. That my response was more than generated toward this present issue but it was pointing to something else that God wanted to get at. I want to tell you something else that we often don't look at, and that is the fact that there's often a place within this in which Jesus is simply asking, can we drink the cup? I know four years ago, I went through a rather difficult circumstance in my employment, and I had a lot of energy and encouragement to rise up against it. And yet the Lord spoke to me and said, can you drink this cup? Meaning that sometimes that cup of discomfort, that cup of suffering is used by God to shape us. I don't understand it, but it does. And it can even, if you will, open us up to a new work of God in our lives. Do you remember the words of C.S. Payne? I'm sorry, C.S. Lewis about pain and how he talked about the fact that 
God shouts at us through our pain? That in our pain of circumstance, often God is trying to get at something. And you know, that was true of my situation some years ago. It doesn't in any way downplay the way in which I was, if you will, disrespected and mistreated, but it was God's way of getting my attention and letting him shape me in a very profound way through this difficulty, preparing me for something I didn't even know what was coming, which was an even greater responsibility of ministry. That's right. I have to say it, that what I went through prepared me for something I didn't even know was coming and deepened an aspect of my ministry. And if all I wanted to do was kick against that, I would miss what God was wanting to shape in my life. I know for me also, there's a part that even when someone's offended me, I need to own my part, own my feelings own my responses, own my reactions, own my justifications, own any degree to which I was hoping for vindication. Isn't it interesting that we often pray, Lord Jesus, make me like you? And yet when we have a tough time, we don't always respond the way Jesus did, particularly in the Passion, when he didn't use power for personal gain, when he didn't rise up to hurt anyone else. when he was silent before his accusers. And he wouldn't even let Peter defend him. How often I've prayed, Lord, make me like you. And then when I'm in one of these circumstances, I so do not act like Jesus. And I think that's something very important for us to look at in the midst of these kinds of circumstances. You see, ultimately what the Lord is wanting us to do is to understand the deep nature of forgiveness. You know the story of how Peter betrayed Jesus and he wanted to run from Jesus and he went back to things that he knew and Jesus met him right there and refreshed his call and let him know that there was still a deep abiding love relationship between the two. What a beautiful example of reconciliation. We also know that In the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus talked about forgiving. Peter even asked him, how many times should I forgive? Seven, and some translations say seven times 70, or others say 77 times. But what Jesus was saying is that forgiveness is the way of Christ, and we try to often justify this. I think there are times when we are hurt by other Christians where we believe that in this case, there is an exemption to what Jesus is asking us to do in terms of forgiving the debt. But Matthew 18, boy, it sure teaches us otherwise, doesn't it? It's not easy to forgive. And sometimes, like Jesus, we have to ask, Father, help me forgive. Father, forgive them on my behalf. But it's important that we recognize this. Let Let me just say this again. We're flawed people. But we're brothers and sisters in Christ. There's incredible blessing inside of everyone. And we make mistakes. We do things we shouldn't have done or do them in ways we shouldn't have done them. And it can hurt people. And we can be hurt by people. But here's something we need to remember, that if it has flesh and blood, it's really not our enemy. We want to raise up against them as if if they are our enemy, but they're not our enemy. 
I heard that phrase from Greg Boyd. I've probably mentioned it before. It's such an important phrase. If it has flesh and blood, it's not my enemy. It's a brother. It's a sister. There has to be responsibility. There needs to be a degree of dialogue and reparation. There's no doubt that that's part of it, but ultimately, we need to move there. We've got to learn how to grieve when we hurt one another, but we grieve before the Father and not at one another and not involve other people in the whole mess. And then we got to find the loss within the loss. What did this specifically mean to me? What do I think is at risk? I remember once someone had said some things that were very untrue and very harmful about me, and it really got to me. And all of a sudden, the Lord spoke and said, am I not the one that's responsible for your reputation, your security, your value, your future. You're acting as though that's purely in your hands or in the hands of others, when in fact it's mine. Grieve the loss. Find the loss in the loss. Let it shape us by drinking the cup. Own whatever part we've played, our own vulnerability in the midst of this. And then ask the Lord to help us forgive so that there can be reconciliation. And you know, often in that reconciliation, things are stronger than they've ever been. And may we never forget this fact. If it has flesh and blood, it is not our enemy. Is there anyone in your life who has hurt you that you need to forgive? That you need to go before the Lord and release that person. And could it be that the Lord is asking you to drink this cup as a way of shaping you for a ministry and a moment that you don't even know is present? Forgiveness is the great gift of the kingdom. And how I pray that God would empower us to walk this out in Jesus' name.